Welcome to The Connection. A podcast to connect you to the parish of Yates and Froomside Benefice. My name is Howell. And I'm Justin. We are your hosts sharing with you the connection between faith and everyday living. So on this episode of The Connection, we have another interview from On the Sofa at Magnify. Julia from Froomside, why do you interview people on the sofa at Magnify? Well, everyone that knows me knows I like chatting informally with a cup of tea. And so On the Sofa has really taken off and it's become quite popular at Magnify because all we're doing is chatting to somebody on the sofa very informally about their life. And about their faith as well. About their faith, importantly, yes. So who else, who have you had on Magnify over the last year or so then? We've had the PCC officer from uh, Froomside. We've had lots of lay people. Uh, We've had ordained people, not giving any names. And uh, people that are involved with children's work. Um, Oh no, all sorts of different people. So it's about interviewing ordinary Christian people about their life in an informal way. So that's what we're going to hear this month from On The Sofa at Magnify. I have the pleasure of welcoming the Right Reverend, I'm going to make sure I get her title right, the Right <laughs> Reverend Vivian Fall. Right. Uh, the first female bishop to be installed in Bristol Cathedral last September. Yeah. Uh, the 56th Bishop of Bristol, and uh, known to us as Bishop Viv. <laughs> That's a bit easier, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> a mouthful of ways. So welcome, and thank you for being to come on the sofa with me. <laughs> So, first question, looking back, if you can look back just a, little, just a little bit, first of all, you've been in Bristol for nearly a year, and we talked about this before, so next week, isn't it, it's an anniversary. That's right. Yes, yes. yes. Um, Mike, my husband, said, I must make sure I go to church, I think at the right time next Sunday, um, <laughs> because it's the 52nd Sunday since we've been here. Ooh. Now, trust my husband to know that sort of thing. <laughs> And I don't think it's been ca- it's because he's been counting. figures. <laughs> <laughs> has it been a good year? Uh, it's uh, uh, in many ways it, it has. It's for, has anyone moved else moved house in the last year? Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> two years. Yeah, it's not something I choose to do every day of the week. <laughs> um, th- people say it's one of those. Um, human things that's very high on the stress index Um, and if you're moving home and certainly if you're moving a long way as we were um, and you're moving job as I was it kind of adds to the stress Um, so um, as I say once we had got here and we began to get settled um, we began to enjoy ourselves Um, and uh, I think for both of us we were both brought up in villages, so in one sense we're going back to the sorts of environments that we both grew up in. So, one question I'd like to ask as I was listening to you, have you always gone to church? Actually, yes. I am one of those people who was taken to church from uh, very young. My birth certificate actually gives my address as a vicarage. 
But my dad wasn't the vicar. <laughs> the vicar put my parents up because they were without a home at that point. Um, so it, and the vicar and his wife were absolutely glorious people who rescued quite a lot of folk over the years. Right. My parents were between houses at that time. And they said, oh, come and, come and live with us. So um, that's why my birth certificate said um, vicarage. And my mother was brought up um, going to church in Sea Mills. My father was a Methodist from Cornwall. And so marrying an Anglican for a, a Cornish Methodist um, raised some questions. He came from a bit of Methodism which didn't baptise children. So he was actually baptised as an adult three months before I was born. And they continued to be very involved in the church in a variety of ways. And eventually my father, who was a vet and trained vets, was also ordained as a priest and uh, became a self-supporting vicar of serially two groups of rural parishes so I had that sort of church background that didn't mean that I didn't go to church um, without grumbling sometimes <laughs> it didn't mean that I didn't go to church thinking if I was the vicar I would do x y and z but it also did mean that um, I made relationships with church communities of various sorts which were absolutely crucial to my growth as a Christian from a baby onwards. So at what age were you when you went into ordained ministry, if you don't mind me asking you? <laughs> you have to tell me if you don't want to. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. When I was at um, uh, university, I was part of a church which sent mission teams out. And one night, this is a long way of answering by way of a testimony, really. We were in Manchester doing some, some work on a mission um, in some quite demanding places in Manchester. And uh, the person leading the mission was someone called Michael Green. You might have heard of yes. that name, some of you. And he said, right, tonight we're going to Moss Side and we're going to evangelise the, the red light district. Um, and I, I was pretty naive, but I was not so naive as to think that that was necessarily a good thing for me to do. So I went went to the pub instead. Um, uh, <laughs> you chickened out then, didn't you? I did chicken out. <laughs> um, with somebody who um, became a, a good friend who was ordained, was working with CPAS, Church Pastorate Society, um, and he sat me down and seized the moment and said, um, Viv, I think you ought to be ordained. So um, in those days... You could be, if you were female, either a lay worker or, after several more years' experience, you could become a deaconess. Yes. So he said, just go and explore being a, a lay worker or a deaconess. And so I did. And I was actually selected for training, and then I got cold feet. So I ran away to India for two years. <laughs> <laughs> and I came back, and I still probably had cold feet, and... Um, in those days, there were very few places where women could train, and it was all quite complicated. But eventually, I found my way through, and I, I said, said to God, all right, I'll take one step and see where you lead. It was really one step at a time. All right, God, I give in. I'll go to theological college. All right, I give in. 
I'll go to the Diocese of Liverpool and that'll be it. Then I can go run away again and do something else. And that's, that's continued. I think I'm slightly more settled now. So I didn't quite set out the fleece before the Lord and say, all right, God, I'll go and be a bishop if you really, really want. And <laughs> um, it was interesting taking those steps, not least in a church that wasn't quite sure whether it wanted women as uh, as ministers of the gospel. It has to be said. Um, I have seen a huge amount of change in in my life, um, and I think the church didn't look at it look like it at the time but the church has actually moved really very quickly in terms of yes, accepting women's ministry really you've has. seen that too yes, yeah yeah thank you for sharing that that's really interesting and very helpful for, to, for women to hear that i think well men and women because the call is not always straightforward yeah. people tend to think it is but it's not as i know so back to the theme of this evening which is love yeah. we've actually got back to the subject now so <laughs> um before we finish <laughs> So how, in your mind, do you think we can foster love um, as we reach out to others who have no interest in the Christian faith? Tough question, isn't it? I think it's quite easy for us to shrink at what we mean by love and make it something sentimental. I think I'd like to start with the fact that we love because God loves us. This is not something that Love is not a feeling, it's a commitment. And it starts with God's commitment, God's faithfulness to us. So if we start there, how do we share that love with other people? We share that love, um, I suppose, at its most simple, by saying, well, if God loves me, God also loves that other person too. God is faithful to that other person too. And the way I can have a conversation with them about faith is about that sense of God's love for all people, individuals and communities and creation. And so we start there. And that love is not an easily won thing. It's, as I say, it's not, it doesn't start with feeling I like that person. Um, and my experience of working in Christian communities of all sorts is that love emerges when we worship, pray, work together and discover, actually, we don't get on very well <laughs> to start off with. And we've got to work beyond that and work beyond perhaps profound differences, perhaps profound dislikes, to see that God has brought us together. And that's extraordinary. God brings all of us together. God's brought us in Christ's name together tonight. Um, and it's that sense of seeing each other as a gift and those outside the church, if we can say outside the church, as a gift. And there's something for me very important about being um, an, an Anglican, which is to say that as bishop, I have responsibility Actually, for the 1.1 million people who live in the Diocese of Bristol, not just the 100,000 or so who go to church, but 1.1 million people. Now, I can't obviously work with all those people, but because of the grace of God and lay and ordained ministers of all sorts, 
I've got a web of uh, relationships. And what I hope for is that the ministers in each part of this diocese will have a relationship, however passing, with as many as they can have in their parish or benefice. It may feel an overwhelming task, but the way the church works, the way it serves its community, particularly those who are um, in, in difficulties, those who are poor, those who are on the margins, those other people don't, who don't want to have the, anything to do with, and so on. That helps, I think, for other people to see, as they saw in the earliest church, see how these Christians love one another. So in other words, it's not about being a holy club, it's being a uh, it's about a community brought together by the grace of God because God loves each of us and together God enables to overcome all the barriers that divide us and to become his servants in the world. That's a wonderful picture. I think it's quite a task for all of us to get involved with actually, actually support you. So thank you, thank you for your sharing your testimony and all the other things you've shared with me tonight been really interesting for me and i'm sure everybody else as well so bless you in your ministry julie thank you very much indeed